Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Kokoro Movement Podcast. On this episode, we have the triumphant return of Quentin Pullen. This guy is exactly the mood I needed for our current situation. He is so positive, and he is doing so much with his time off. He is actually coaching a lot of his clients online, and then he is writing a book and also running for mayor. This guy is fantastic. I'm super pumped about this conversation. Unfortunately, it's kind of glitchy because the internet in my neighborhood was going in and out most likely because everybody was on it all at once streaming video so um the like i said the the audio is glitchy but the message is there and you guys need to hear it so i'm just going to jump right into it without further ado quentin pullen I can see you now. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> hey, you like the nice purple wall behind you too. Man. I do, yeah, man. It just it just brings out the brilliance of you. I like it. <laughs> right on. So, man, you said you had a lot to talk about, so let's just uh, get this party started. So, what's up? Oh my. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're recording. So let it rip, buddy. Okay. Hey, good. Hey, it's good to see you, man. Good to see you too, brother. Yeah, hey, I'm I'm appreciating your um or your newfound um, social media post. The stuff is really good. No, so, thank you. I appreciate that. So really good, you know, so that's all cool. Yeah, yeah. And I'm uh, like right now I'm working really hard to get like the leaders of the industry on here so that they can start to kind of explain to the other people in the industry how they're reacting to this whole just global situation and like what they're doing to pivot and yeah. kind of what their plans are in the future because there's a lot of people that are just kind of shaking, like throwing their hands up in the air and just kind of calling it quits, you know? And I'm just like, no, we got well, stuff Yeah. Here's the thing, man. I always say quitters quit, right? Yeah. You know, people who have a plan and who have versatility and can adapt, they adjust, right? You right. Know? So one of the things that I figured out right now doing this whole crisis thing is, I've been posting social media videos anyway of workouts and mobility things and things like that. So if it allows me to continue to help people, yeah. that's what I do, you know? So for me, it's no different. It, it doesn't matter where I am. As long as I got a camera, I can talk to anybody. I think I put up a video a couple of days ago about um, going to a hardware store. I bought a, I bought a bucket, I bought two cinder blocks and I bought some rope and made a jump rope. I used to cinder block suppressing. I used to bucket for different things. So I'm showing workouts with that kind of stuff. Meaning you don't have to go to buy yourself dumbbells or all this other fancy equipment to get a good workout. In, you know, so those people who are creative in the industry, you know, who have the, that background in coaching, who do more than just one things, they're going to be fine. You know, yeah. I say is that people appreciate when you can help them, you know, 
So my intent through this whole thing is to just help as many people as I can, you know, right. my intent is on social media anyway, you know? Right. Absolutely. And that's a, uh... That's one thing about the adding the variability into your training is like, well, what can I do now? Do I have a wheelbarrow? I can push that thing. Like you could go find a tire anywhere and drill a hole in it and just drag that thing like you do for miles. You know what I mean? There's like, you have a backpack, put some rocks in it, go for a ruck. You know what I mean? Like just put like 60 pounds in your bag and then take your dogs for a walk. Like that's, you know, so I've been posting a lot of like kin stretch stuff um, because you know, all these, all these big, strong athletes that can, uh, you know, get well over 200 pounds over their head, can't roll their shoulder in a circle under control. You know what I mean? They start freaking out. What's happening? I'm like, well. And then they think, oh, my God, I can't train, so I'm going to lose muscle. I'm like, mm. other ways, man. How did, how did people do fitness stuff before there was actually fitness stuff, right? So, right. you know, back in the day when we didn't have to – I remember being in, in a desert storm, man, and um, we, we tied sandbags to a freaking broomstick. You know, yeah. those were the types of things that it's like you, you adapt to whatever your surroundings are. You know, um, I think today, today is, uh, it's Wednesday and my wife and I, we came up to the mountains just to get away from, you know, our social distancing thing. So we came up to the mountains so that we can get away and, and we still get our workouts in. I, we were hiking yesterday and, um, a couple of days ago, we saw this pack of coyotes in our backyard and it reminded us that, Hey, we, we should start carrying a weapon or something on the trip yeah um i'm hiking and i'm carrying a spartan spear and i saw this freaking tire i'm like who dumps a tire on a hiking trail but hey i'm gonna use it you know right anything that i find out there man on this trail there's big rocks so i can throw stuff i can carry stuff you know i picked up a rock a few weeks ago and i'm like hey, i'll just hike this in the trail because that's giving me resistance and things it's, it's just my cardio you know i think um one of the studies I read is about farmers and gardeners being the most fit people in the world. And what do they do? They, they squat, they carry stuff. They're moving all day long with their job. So if they're more fit than a person going to the gym, why can't we adapt and do the kind of stuff that they do? You know? Right. And so that's one of the things that uh, Dr. Andrea Ospina from functional range conditioning talks about a lot is, um, you know, we're not evolved to work out for one hour a day. We're evolved to work out all day. So, do you have some cardio in there? Great. Are you doing some sprinting? Great. Are you doing some heavy lifting? Great. Are you doing some mobility? Great. Are you doing lighter lifting? Great. And you should be spreading that out throughout the day. So that's one thing that I've been wrapping my head around, especially during um, this time where I'm uh, kind of quarantined to my house as, you know, well, I have a kettlebell in my living room. I have a sandbag in the hallway. I'm going to do some stuff with the kettlebell, and then I'm going to walk around, do some stuff. I go record a podcast, go back out, do some stuff with the sandbag, go back out. You know what I mean? So just kind of accumulating your fitness. And then when I have some time, you know, I bought a treadmill for uh, 60 bucks, and that's what I do. Like, that's what I walk on while I'm reading in the mornings. Yeah. And, you know, just catching up with all my friends that I normally don't have time to catch up with. And I jump right, on the right, phone right. and talk to them while I'm walking. You know what I mean? So it's just, there's these the, people are freaking out about the wrong shit, man. Like <laughs> you can't yeah. survive off toilet paper, you assholes. Let's stop it. Like <laughs> Seriously. You know, it's, it's funny is, you know, I, um, I just, I went through a transition a few months ago with the gym that I was in and, um, you know, I, I have gotten used to being outdoors. Right. I appreciate sunlight and, and, and fresh air, you know? So 
uh, one of the gyms that I moved over to now, they have these big bay doors, man. And so every morning I walk into this place, the bay doors are open, it's fresh air coming into place, it's sunlight coming into place, and I feel so much more at home, you know? Um, they do have the traditional equipment inside of this gym, but for me, if I'm going to walk on a treadmill, right? And I, and I have, at my house, I have a treadmill, I have a spin bike, I have a bird, uh, I have um, uh, elliptical rider, things like that. But I can tell you, man, unless I'm actually intent on training on those pieces of equipment, I'm outdoors doing my cardio. So it's, it's a lot better for me. It makes me feel better to go to a track and run on the track, to run up and down the streets, to find some hills and run up and down those hills, you know, carry around the neighborhood, walk around the neighborhood, walk on trails, all these different things so that my overall fitness is just, it's just there, you know? So I, I don't, I don't allow myself to, to slip too far out of the range where I can do anything that I want to do. You know? Right. And that's a good point because, you know, once people don't have a barbell then they just freak out, like, what am I supposed to do? And you're like, all the stuff, you know, one of my, one of my guys that, uh, super awesome. His name is, uh, strong camps is DJ Murakami. So he's strong camps on Instagram. That guy's picking up all kinds of shits like satellite dishes that he finds on his hikes. And, and, uh, you know, he picks up rocks. He like rips like old posts out of the ground and lifts those up over his head. He's finding all kinds of stuff. You know what I mean? And that's just his workout. Hey, man, shit. <laughs> yeah and so totally man and that that one famous video of his where he's like lifting this big old satellite dish over his head and it's all windy super epic dude just be epic like what can you do like you know i you, i, I want to switch gears a little bit because yeah, um, yeah. one of the things that i mean you, I see you have your mental focus disc going right now um this this pandemic is worldwide and people are starting to uh, understand that there are some of the therapies that you and I do are more popular in Europe than they are here in the United States. Um, but what I'm starting to notice, and I did a uh, I did a, a live video last week with uh, Dr. Michael and saw this some of the things that he's suggesting with the uh, the frequency therapy, right? And um, I have to say, man, I've actually there's a protocol he has on there for uh, boosting your immune system, you know. And it's, um, you wear vitamin discs on your neck with the white blood cells, and then there's ones that you wear on your lungs that are actually helping people to fight this coronavirus, you know? And I don't like to use the word heal because, you know, it, it, it needs a little bit more of a trial for that kind of stuff. But one of the things that I've been feeling personally is I feel healthy as a freaking bull, you know? Yeah. I, I'm doing the same things. And yes, I just, like, I just went shopping a few minutes ago, and everybody's masked up and gloved up and all kinds of things. And I'm being, you know, careful. I take the, the wipes and things like that places, but my, I feel like this, these therapies, these alternative therapies are helping fight these things. You know, my wife came back from Romania in uh, January and she had, um, she told me, she goes, I think I might've had coronavirus because she had a flu that lasted almost, almost two weeks, you know? And so, and it was one I think for her it was more it was more head centered, and so I put these discs on her, and it helped her get a, better a lot quicker. You know, um, she she seems to be like just like kicking it right now. I mean, yeah, these therapies, man. You know, I, I I want to implore people that don't just don't just look at the knowledge base you have right now and thinking that's the end all be all. There's 
so many alternatives to medicine and you know things that are going to keep you healthy that people just have to to be willing have the open mind to be willing to do other stuff than just take a pill you know all these other things you know I, I, we're going through this shelter in place thing quarantine it doesn't mean stay in your house right yeah um, I think I sent you a little recording this today from how the sunlight, the, the sunlight will kill that virus on your clothing and things like that. So it's like, don't just stay inside because you're staying inside with the stale air, you know, and expecting that this virus is going to go away. It's, it's not going to go away. That stale air, that's why people on planes were getting so affected by this because they're in this recycled air and they keep breathing this virus and spreading this virus around when they can get outside, you know, and feel better instead of just being cooped up inside of the house. So how, how are you feeling about being up there? Oh, so, you know, I use it all the time. And so it's one of those things where, you know, like Neil deGrasse Tyson talks about, um, you know, if somebody, you have to ask somebody, is their mind made up? Yes or no. If their mind's made up, then I'm not going to argue with them. You know what I mean? So if I'm, if I'm like, Hey, these discs will help. And people are like, yeah, great. Let's get it. Then I give it to them. And if they're like, no, I need to see the science and I need to see the data. Then I'm like, okay, then it's not going to work for you because it's like, it goes along the lines of, you know, a placebo effect. Like if you honestly are 100% convinced that something's not going to work, then it's not going to work. If you're a hundred percent. Right. And so if you're convinced that it's going to work, then it does, you know, and I use, you know, uh, uh, a weird story and I'm not going to say that these frequency therapies are, are the cause, but I had to go get new glasses recently and I had to get a new prescription because my right eye got better. Yeah. And it's because I'm wearing this mental focus disc all the time. Right. I'm like, Which relaxes the optic nerve. Yeah. Right. And so is there, is there a correlation there? I'm not going to say yes. I know I'm, I'm not a scientist, but like how does, like I've had these eye problems my whole entire life. I've been wearing glasses since I was in first grade. And like, this is the first time where one of my eyes gets better. Mm, you know what I mean? So it's like, um, but yeah, the frequency therapies. And I also took uh, uh, Dr. Stuart Galepsi and um, uh, Dr. Perry Nicholson's functional health solutions course. And so they're talking about like a lot of stuff on how to boost your immune system and what kind of immune system you have. And so um, I had a, one of my massage therapist friends that was just pushing medicinal mushrooms on somebody. And I was like, you don't know that because that could be driving their wrong immune system and then make their immune system more compromised based on what kind of immune system they have. So this is important information, but we're just so stuck in our Western kind of mindset. It's just really difficult to kind of get any kind of traction going there I think two people get stuck like i said in the the what's familiar to them you know i i know about this and i hear about this all the time so i'm gonna i'm, I'm just gonna stick with the things that just to go out and say look that's not everything you know i'm gonna go and learn something different you know that 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 could worry i think one of the things that i started doing with the um the frequency dicks and i'll tell you this my older brother came out a few weeks ago and he's got back problems, you know? And so he was complaining that he was going to have to go sit on the plane and get back with the, the hotel bed was starting to bother him. So I says, says, let me try something with you real quick. So I just stuck a, um, a herniated disc, disc on his low back and um, he left and I didn't say anything 
talks to him about it, you know? So I text him, a, you know, a few hours later, I go, hey, how's your back feeling? He goes, you know, I haven't even thought about it, you know? Yeah. For me, if you're in pain, you think about that pain, you know? Right. Adapted to that pain, which, you know, who adapts to pain, really? I mean, pain is still going to be pain. So he felt better from it and couldn't put his finger on why he felt better, you know? And so I didn't go into an explanation. I says, hey, you know, if you think that disc helped you, you know, by all means, I'll help you out some more. I'll send you more, you know? So it's things like that. I'm trying to, those who are willing to listen to the, the theory behind why these things work, I'll explain it to you, you know? And one of the best things that I tell people is, you know, sound, resonance, frequency. If you, like frequency, let's think of sound, right? If you hear your favorite song come on the radio, it doesn't matter the mood that you're in, you know? You're gonna start dancing, you know? Yeah. You're in a crap mood, but if that's your favorite song, and this one that makes you boogie, you're gonna get down to it, you know? And so that song resonates with your mind, resonates with your body, so you're gonna move to it, you know? And so what scientists are able to do is say, look, I'm gonna take this frequency, I'm gonna put it on muscle tissue, I'm gonna put it on organs, I'm gonna put it on all these different things to see how it makes you feel, you know? And so if you feel something different, you cannot deny what you feel, you know? You can try and overthink it all you want to, but what you feel is what you feel, you know? And so I just kind of leave it at very, very surface level unless I have someone that wants to know more, that wants to research more here. Here's information, go ahead and kill yourself. Look at all this stuff, you know? I, I do the same thing on my fitness side as I do on my therapy side, man. I, I'm a sponge, I wanna know. I wanna know as much as I possibly can, you know? So, you know, I continue to add these things and I, this knowledge and what I'm noticing in him, this is one of the things I wanna to talk to you about. evolving to knowing different things and, and seeing that what I thought I knew, <laughs> I, I, I've gotten some more knowledge behind that. Now, what I thought I knew back then, it was, it was, it was effective. It's, you know, keeping me safe, healthy, and gaining, you know? So these, these uh, I think last year I took uh, Mike Boyle's uh, um, yeah, certified. certified functional strength coach or whatever. Yeah, it is. dude, it's so good, you know. Because yeah. what he says and the philosophy behind this, like, he works with a lot of athletes, you know. He works with a lot of athletes, and one of the one of the things I thought about is how many times do you see an athlete, a pro athlete, go to a boot camp class? Yeah, ever <laughs> because they don't need that, you know, right. and they realize that that's not going to be good for them. You know, so my one of my new philosophies is that everyone is an athlete, you know, so why are you going to go somewhere where you're going to beat yourself down, beat yourself down when what we're trying to accomplish is adaptation with the human body and that adaptation is going to take time, you know, so no matter how much you beat yourself down in one workout, you still have time that the body's going to have to adapt. So take your time do things in a safe way that's going to get you better, going to make you feel better, and it's not going to bash you, you know, and you'll get a lot more out of your training, you'll get a lot more out of your therapy, and all these other things, you know. And so what I've been learning is that it's all the same stuff. And so humans have these, these 
we have this incessant need to create boundaries for stuff. You know what I mean? So this is fitness and this is therapy. It's the same thing. And so like, you know, functional range conditioning is therapy, but if you do it harder, then it's training. And so there's different levels to all this stuff, you know? So, um, you know, one of the things that, um, you know, man, Andrea Spina is my power animal in so many ways because he just talks about like, what is this person in front of me doing that they're not evolved to do? Because like if they're a baseball player, it's throwing a baseball a thousand times a day. We're not made to do that. We're made to throw that one shot, one kill to where we can eat that thing that we killed with that rock. And then that's it. We don't continue to throw the rock at the thing. You know what I mean? And so, (laughs) right. Right. And so the, the further we get into sport, the less we get, the further we get away from being human. And so that's what we need to start focusing on. So like when people come into me and they're in pain, I ask, what are they not doing? Because, and so then that's what they need to start doing. Right. And so I have a lot of clients who have come in and who have had chronic pain and I just have them start training with me because that's what they need. You know what I mean? Sometimes people get that, that where they come in and they just are like, well, I have low back pain and I do that one muscle correction. They're good to go. You know what I mean? But for the most part, people need to move better. They need to train better and they need to like, to be honest, chill the fuck out. Like, you know, so I created this whole fitness program, an online fitness program. That's a 12 week reset for your nervous system because, and this is mainly geared towards like people that are first responders, people that are shift workers that are just getting dragged through the rocks at their job and are chronically stressed out, but then go to CrossFit and wonder why they're not performing well. You're not performing well because you're already shitty. And so you don't need another stress response. What you need is something more chill. And then that resets your nervous system. And then you start to add intensity the more days you have off. And then the day before you go back to work, you prepare yourself for chronic stress. And so you recover from chronic stress and then you prepare yourself for chronic stress and then you get fitter. And so like, but we have, you know, so what you're, you're kind of saying is we, we have this societal narrative towards intensity, which is not necessarily what you need to be fitter. It's just, it's an aspect that is, that should be part of your training sometimes, but not, not every day. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's funny as I was listening to, um, a podcast driving up with uh, Brett B and he was talking about you know, coaches in sports motivating their athletes. as you know you know they try to create this like wartime situation and it's not the same and sports is not the same as a wartime situation it never you know so if you have a an athlete that thinks he's going about battle going to war how much fun is that you know I, I I went to war and so I was scared shitless you know when I to think that my life could be taken away from me. So if I'm in a sport and I'm thinking my life can be taken away from me, that's not fun for me, you know? So, you know, we, even in our work careers, we have this, you know, take no prisoners attitude and it's not helping us. It's not helping us become healthier as a society because we've, get, we've gotten better. You know, I, I read a, I'm reading a book right now called uh, The Obesity Code. And one of the things it talks about is that, you know, America has the highest percentage of gyms and people working out, but America is 
fattest country in the world, you know? And why is that? So why do we have so many people working out in all these diet programs, but we're getting better? Why is that? Because we, we think we have to do more, 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 instead of spacing things out in a way that our body adapts to it over time and it can live that way instead of fight or flight mode all the time where we, uh, we were talking about earlier about, um, you know, the things that you're doing, carrying and lifting and cardio and things like that. I make sure that I have at least 10 to 20 minutes of mindfulness every single day, every day, you know, and it, it usually involves my dogs right here trying to get on my lap, but it involves me getting up in the morning. I don't look at social media first thing in the morning. I sit down, I have my cup of coffee. I don't turn on any lights and I just sit there and just listen, you know, I listen, I and just rest, you know, it's, I've been sleeping all night. And so I'm trying to get myself prepared for my day. And if I get up and start watching things that are stressful to me, then my body to this, this thing of stress and trying to adapt to that kind of uh, stimuli in the world. And I don't want that. What I want to do is be able to go to people and be a common sense of them where people want to work hard for me and do it in a smart and fun way, you know? So, you know, I used to, my boot camp classes that I used to teach, I used to wear it as a badge of honor when I could make people puke or make people so much sore. And, you know, so how sore are you? Oh, that was a great workout. Well, no, it wasn't, you know, because if you're that sore, you're not going to be able to perform it for me tomorrow. You know, if I did your legs so bad that it takes four to five days for your body to recover, then you're no good to me for the rest of the week. And so I just set you back instead of setting you forward, you know? So, you know, it's, it's those things of, And understanding that you can gain by saving a buck a day instead of your whole freaking paycheck, you know? Right. And so that's, uh, I had a huge falling out with the CrossFit gym that I was coaching for, which is also where I had my massage office for that reason, because I'd start walking in and I'd be like, what are we doing? Like, why are we doing 150 wall balls? What are we doing? Yeah, yeah. And so like my big thing after that big fallout was like, you need to tell me why, why yeah. are you doing that? You know what I mean? So if you're just like, because extreme, yeah. okay, that's not good enough. So like, what's the, what's the adaptation that you're trying to accrue right here? Like, what are you trying to stimulate? You know what I mean? So like, you know, this, this, so we actually did the math on uh, kipping pull-ups and I'm terrible at math. So we have a couple of guys at our gyms that are, uh, or at our gym that are, uh, work for NASA. So they're just like, whatever I could do that. Yeah. So we put an accelerometer on my chest and we started, I did two kipping pull-ups. And so from that, we found out that your shoulder has to decelerate two and a half times to five times your body weight when you're fresh. Okay. Yeah. So then if you're doing a hundred pull-ups in a workout, by the time you get to rep like 30 or 40, you're decelerating five to 10 times your body weight when you're fatigued. And so then you start to think about it like, so then you start to look at uh, mobility prerequisites. Because when you're doing, like if your mobility is, is here, like you can't get your bicep by your ear, then wow. when you're kipping in that pull-up, you're trying to shove your head through this window that's not there. Exactly. And then, so not only do they have, uh, they don't have adequate mobility prerequisites. They don't have adequate strength prerequisites because most of them can't do a strict pull-up. 
So if you can't do a strict pull-up, you shouldn't be doing kipping. And then you have them do 100 in a row. And it's just a recipe for disaster. So then you're just like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? So then like, you know, you're proficient in the mobility stuff too. So then you start doing like joint by joint approach stuff. So like if people don't have adequate hip mobility, then their low back has to become a hinge joint instead of a stable joint. So then if you're forcing them to squat below parallel, which they probably can't do, and then you make them squat below parallel for 150 reps, and then you're wondering why their low back hurts, it's just like, stop, what are we doing? And so then I started telling people in the gym, like squatting below parallel is a competition standard. And so what's important to me is that you're squatting. I don't care if you're squatting below parallel. I'm just trying to build up your bone density, build up your muscle tissue and make sure that you're more resilient for later on when you need it. Because the way that I look at fitness and strength now is that you're putting money in the bank for later. Because I read a book called uh, The Lost Sense of Balance and it said that most people that are the age of 60 and above are a fall risk. And that is unacceptable to me. You know what I mean? So like, and they're a fall risk because we make them that way because we give them higher toilets. We give them higher beds. We make sure that they don't get anywhere near the ground, you know, and it's just like, man, I could go all day, but like, (laughs) well, well, so so check this. And this is, this is one of the things. And, and I started to like, I used to be really like shitty at keeping records, you know? Um, But one of the things that I started doing was keeping my, functional movement screening. I was doing it once a year for my athletes, but now I'm doing it every six months. And so what I'm able to show them is like one of the things that most people struggle with was, and when I show people that they didn't have the overhead squat a year ago, but they have that overhead squat now and they couldn't squat below parallel a year ago, but now they can squat down parallel, below parallel and be stable what they're starting to see is their mobility range increase, their strength ranges increase, and all these things. And so, you know, what I use as, as, as benchmarks for people is like, if you can't get here now, the goal is to be able to get you here, you know? So if you can only squat the parallel right now and your ankle mobility or your hip mobility or your low back is, is, is impinging you from getting there, let's work on those things. Let's get those things better because those things are going to help out with your running. They're going to help out with your lifting. They're going to keep you from having these issues when you're traveling. You know, real world stuff that people are can relate to a lot more than, hey, you got an overhead squat now. You have these different things in training because mostly I, I deal with mostly general pop. You know, not a lot of athletes, even though, you know, I'm, I'm looking for athletes who want to play, man. Um, but the general pop, for you to tell them that um, they got stronger at this one thing, that's cool for them and they feel stronger, but when you can show them that they're moving better, you know, you can show them a video a year ago where they, they were into a bear crawl and their hips were high and now they have this really strict, great form. It, it matters to them and it, it means more for them to see those things than for you to, you know, allow them to keep crap form. You know, I was watching um, some videos of, um, I can't remember who was talking about this, and we're talking about lunging, you know, and how people, when they lunge, their upper bodies go down towards their knee. That's not a proper lunge. If you are going down towards your knee with your upper body, then you have some impingement somewhere that you need to fix, you know. And as a coach, it's your responsibility to watch that athlete and see that that form 
is where it needs to be. So if that means that you have to um, adapt them to get them into that area, you know, then adapt that the, the piece of the modalities that you're using, the piece of equipment that you're using to get them to get where you need them to be instead of trying to throw them into the, the deep end of the pool and say swim, you know? So I, I, I'm really, really cognizant now of how people move, how people look in these movements that they're doing because I realized that you know, the ego part of it wants to do 150 ball balls. But if I can have you do 20 good, perfect wall balls, that's going to be a lot more effective for you than doing 150. Right. And so that's the, it's the said principle, specific adaptation to impose demand. So what does that mean? Right? So that means that the force that you're putting into your cells, which are, which I'm talking about, you know, muscle, tendon, ligament, bone is, is how those cells adapt to that force. Right? Mm -hmm. So the thicker tissues absorb more force. So like your IT band is thick for a reason because it absorbs a lot of force and your bones are thicker than your IT band for a reason. It's because they provide you with structure, right? So if you go by that principle, if you do 20 perfect wall balls, you're going to get a better adaptation than if you do a hundred as fast as you can. Right. So like, you know, like uh, Dr. Perry talks about his anti-fragile matrix where he just lies face down on the ground and then gets back up. And if you just slowly lie on the ground and get back up, you're going to do it a different way each time. And so that is going to build variance for you getting down and getting up off the ground. So if you are doing burpees and you're trying to do as many as you can, then you're just basically creating dysfunctional tissues. Because that's the force that you're applying to those tissues, right? Is dysfunctional tissues. And so that's why I'm saying you have to understand your why. But like one thing that you touched on earlier is you have to have unlimited regressions and progressions for your people. And you have to have done them yourself as a coach so that you understand what they look like, what they feel like, and what they should be doing. And so like if somebody can't do a lunge, have them step up onto a box. And if they're getting proficient at that, then give them a kettlebell. And then you can change the load, which then changes the force based off of where they're carrying the kettlebell. And then they can have infinite adaptations just off of that. And so, you know, just like, and it's a, there's, there's so much more thought that needs to be put into training people that like, that I almost, I almost don't do group classes anymore other than like the kin stretch stuff. I don't do group classes at all anymore. I do small group training. So it has to be five, five or less for me, you know, because I realize that I can't watch 30 people, you know, yeah. and, and somewhere down the line, if, if my back is turned and I'm focused on one athlete, somebody can get hurt. If I'm, if I'm having them do this high rep, high intensity stuff and I'm not watching, you know, right. It's, it just, it takes a split second, someone to get injured, you know, and then they're out for a long time, you know? So right. that's the, the direct responsibility of the coach, you know? It's not that athlete, it's not that person that you're working with, it's responsibility to be watching themselves unless they're taking a selfie in the mirror, you know? But yeah. it's, it's, it's your responsibility as a coach to, to do good programming, to watch the form, to coach the form, and to, to make sure that, that you are creating a safe environment for your athletes to work in. You know? 
Right. And so a lot of these education courses that you're taking, unless they're like high level stuff, like the certified functional strength coach or like dynamic neuromuscular stabilization or function range conditioning, it's all remedial information. And so that's one of the things that I really had to realize when I got out of massage school, that was the most absolute basic information that you needed to start your career. And so if you have not evolved your business in five years, and if your you know, therapy practice or your coaching practice looks exactly like it did five years ago, then you're doing you and your athletes a disservice. And we need to, we need to figure it out. And so that's one of those things, man, like where, you know, like, like coaching something as detailed and as God, like coaching every single aspect of your joint movement through its full range of motion in a kin stretch class is like, it takes ultimate cueing. It takes like 100% focus. And like the hard part that I'm figuring out right now is like, I have a hard time doing that while I'm doing the movement with the class. What, because I'm transitioning from group classes where I can tell everybody to freeze. I walk around, I correct posture, I correct position, I correct rotation, whatever it is. And now I'm trying to do that while I'm doing the cut while I'm doing the class because they're all watching me. You know what I mean? So my, my classes that I have during the week are a lot different because on the weekend, my roommate's home and she's my model. So I can just talk and adjust her. You know what I mean? And so that's like a big learning curve that I've had because man, I'll just talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And then I'll, I'll be like, shit, I haven't breathed at all. And then, you know, all this like intense muscle contraction around my joints is like taking all the blood out of my brain. And I'm like, okay, everybody get some water. And I'm like trying to recover. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's a, it's a, it's a big learning curve. And, and, you know, I think, um, I think we're both, we both get along so well because we're both cursed or we're both blessed with the fuck it gene. Ooh, yeah. I'm, I learned this thing. I'm just going to try. Yeah. And then the worst that happens is you fail, but then you have this base of knowledge that you can fall back on. Exactly. Right. Okay. That didn't work. We're going to do it this way now. You know what I mean? And so that's, yeah. that's, that's essential. That is essential for progressing your practice is not being worried about failure as much as, like you should be worried about not progressing and that's like that's like read your books apply that stuff like read those like go watch listen to podcasts apply that stuff watch videos apply that stuff listen to you know god damn it it's there's so much information and you know that that saying of if you're the smartest person in the room that you're in then you're in the wrong room right of another room you know and so i you know, I listen to these people, I read these books, and I, sometimes it's, it's, it's like, right? But other times it's like, yeah, yeah, you guys are tough. Right. So, so it's things that I've learned in my career that some of it is just by the, the clinical sense of where I'm out there doing stuff. Um, and so I'll see this stuff in books, and it's like I've been doing that for a while. So kudos to, to you know, the things that I've, I've been able to learn and pay attention to. Um, but then other times it's like, oh, cool. That's a different idea, a different way of doing something that you thought you knew, you know? And so, you know, one of, one of the things, you know, most of these times now I'm, I'm the oldest coach in the gym because I just turned 50, you know, 
kids and, you know, they'll see me do some things and they will, instead of coming over and saying, hey, coach, what is that for and how do, how do you do that? They'll just throw it into their program, you know? And I'm like, that, I'm a teacher, man. I love helping people learn. I love to, to give the knowledge that I have to other people. So I, I like to think of myself as being an open book, but I also, you know, in this industry, a lot of people will get offended if you, you know, go and try and help them do something a little bit. So it's a and where I want to help you, but I don't want to offend you, you know, but then if I pull you to the side and say something, it's not because I'm being cocky. It's because I've, I've done this for almost 30 years now, you know, so let, let me help you become a better coach because those are the things I like doing. But I also, I, I love it when, I mean, I, I have a lot of coaches that I work with that, that I mentor, that I do help with those things. And, you know, I'm, I'm so ever appreciative of those things. Um, and which is one of the reasons I'm, I'm writing a book right now and I'm, you know, I'm taking my time to do this because I want to make sure that I basically like my journey in this health and fitness industry and the, the things I've learned, the mistakes I've made and, and realizing that mistakes are not failure, you know, mistakes are, are stepping stones towards a better you, you know? And so if you, if you take a mistake as a failure and you're that person, like we said in the beginning of the conversation that wants to, to pack it up and quit, you're, you're just a quitter, you know, that's just, so I'm no quitter. Um, I'm going to continue to do this. Dude, I'd say, you know, if I, if I freaking die in the gym floor, I, I die doing what I love doing. So, you know. Yeah. And so it's like, you got to think about like, uh, um, you know, Elon Musk, like if he waited to create the perfect rocket, then he would never have a space program. Exactly. You know what I mean? So it's like, you guys got to get your, get it going. And, and, and so I invited you to uh, take a course in my hometown with uh, my friend Andy Shea uh, back in like sep September of last year, right? And so the reason, yeah, it was a long time ago. Lots happened since then. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, one of the reasons why I started reaching out to people that I know is because everybody in my hometown shot me down. And like uh, there's so many trainers here. And so what I started to realize is that we're all just uber competitive. And I'm like, why? You know what I mean? Like, it's almost insulting to me to think that I can't learn something from you. Exactly. You know what I mean? And you can't learn something from me. And so there's like this weird mindset that like, if, if it turns out that I do know more than you, that I'm going to take all your clients. And I'm like, no, I'm teaching you this thing and you could take it or leave it. And then I'm leaving. Yeah, yeah. Like what you're worried about really is your marketing problem. That's what you're worried exactly. about. Exactly. You know what I mean? Because there's, I would say there's probably a hundred trainers in Flagstaff, Arizona, and there's mm -hmm. 75,000 people. And so, you know, no. And so it's a, and just, and the other thing, we're all on the same team. Like if you came up to me, you're like, hey, this is what I learned and that you can implement this with this person. I'd be like, sweet, thank you. You know what I mean? Because we're trying to make humans better at being human because right now we suck at it. You know what I mean? So let's like, dude, so like you, man, you triggered me so hard when you started talking about that stuff because this is the stuff that I'm so passionate about where I just like, like me and this other uh, trainer that we run this gym with, we're just, when clients aren't there, we're yelling at each other about this stuff. 
because we're so passionate about it and we're so we understand that the fitness industry as a whole is so stuck and it just needs like this huge push and i think that like man this this uh you know other than like going through bouts of depression and panic because like my job is completely different now and you know try i'm like literally trying to scramble and start a new business from scratch essentially is what i'm doing you know is is uh um this is an opportunity you know what i mean like so you know the the night that my gym got shut by the the mayor of flagstaff i um, went to the grocery store and tried to find some hand sanitizer and some uh, some isopropyl alcohol. And I didn't expect to find any because just the crazy assholes that are buying all this stuff. And so what what got me was like I saw 30 or 40 people from three different stores just throwing their hands up in exasperation and defeat because they didn't have anything and they couldn't buy anything. And then you know, the mayor goes on and just shuts my gym down. And then I was like trying to sleep that night. And just all I could hear was my heartbeat in my ears beating at like 150 beats per minute. And I was like, I'm going to go in the living room and hyperventilate for like 15 seconds, you know, figure this out. But then the next day I woke up and I was just invigorated. You know what I mean? This is, this is time you know, cause I'm writing a book too. I'm writing a book on, uh, for massage therapists on how to integrate all these ideas into their practice. Right. Yeah. And all the stuff that I've learned, like you said, and I am trying to figure out how to add this stuff into my business because this is something that I've been wanting to do and thinking about doing, but I didn't have time. Yeah. So now I have all the time in the world and yeah. you know what I mean? And now like, Oh, I should see what coach Q's up to, but I don't have time, but now I do. So now I'm reaching out. You know what I mean? So it's like all this, you have time and you have opportunity. You just need to look at it as that and get fired up and it's okay to be anxious and it's okay to be depressed. But like, you also got to use that as fuel, like, you know, being scared that I don't have the same business when I return is what's driving me so hard right now. You're at a point where you get to reinvent. Right. Mike, like I said, I have a lot going on right now. So this is a, this is an election year, you know? And so I decided, man, you know, like you said, we, we have to be better as humans, you know? And so I don't, you, you probably see my grit lessons and stuff like that. And you know, the, the things that I say on social media is more based on, you know, toughening up our core, but actually coming together and being together and being kinder to each other. So this year I decided to run for mayor of our, our city. You know? Nice. So right now I'm building a political website. I am actually um, redoing my personal website for my business, you know, and then writing a book at the same time. And then, and then my wife and I decided that we were going to take a, we're, we're taking a college course every semester. And we, we, we pretty much want to do this for the rest of our life, right? So we're taking a public speaking course right now. And so I'm having to write speeches and all these and so one of the things that's saving me, like she, she looks at me every day and she's like, are you doing okay? And I'm like, I'm, I'm great, man. I was like, because I'm busy doing stuff that I love doing, you know? So I, I wrote a schedule and I, I follow a schedule of what I'm going to do day to day with, and I, I consider it working, you know? So I'm, I'm still working every single day, even though I'm not in the gym, I'm, I'm able to 
creatively put these, I write programming for at least six weeks, you know? And so in my program that I have right now, I had to adapt and say, okay, well, I don't have a gym to train my clients in. So how do I keep them going with what we were doing already? You know, so all this other stuff to, to you know, at that part of the business and, and recreate myself in that way. And so, you know, I say this to anybody that is, is in the industry that's listening, you know, if if someone tied you to a chair, are you just going to accept being tied to a chair? Or are you trying to get the fuck off the chair, right? Yeah. So I don't ever want to see that I'm going to give up on doing anything. And so if one door closes, right, I'm going to stick my foot in the door, you know, so I can try and still get out and do some other things, you know, so, you know, keep reinventing yourself, keep learning from the things that you're doing and keep figuring out ways that you can improve the processes that you're doing right now. You know, um, I don't, for me, man, it's like, I don't want to be a slave to work every single day. So one of the things that I do is I go, how can I make the time that I'm working the most efficient and proficient that I can, you know? And so I look at the things that I'm doing, okay, well, work on one thing at a time. Don't try and take on this, this whole big, big freaking stuff. Write down the things that you have to do, write down a thing, list of things to do for that day, and then do one of them at a time, do one of them at a time. Because when, you, when you're spread wide, it's, it's hard for you to have that razor focus, you know? So I, I consider myself a sniper. I'm gonna freaking hit one target and go to the next target, you know? And so, oh, you know, you have to look at this, this time in business, you know, um, okay, this is allowing me opportunities to do these other things. So I'm gonna zero in on those other things that were in the forefront, or, you know, in, in, in that scope of what I wanted to do. And so now I can pivot and look at one thing at a time and get so that when you do go back to work, you're going to be a better version of yourself. You know? Dude. <laughs> so this is the, when you said like political stuff, I immediately was like, mm, where's he going? Because like, that's one of those things where people like, well, Trump this and Trump that. I'm like, what's your plan? Yeah. Are you a high ranking government official? What's yeah. your plan? Cause yelling yeah. at me about whatever the hell that guy's doing isn't helping shit. No. So what's your plan? <laughs> You know what I mean? So like, you know, for the first part of this coronavirus thing, I felt like an extra in a movie and I'm yeah. just like, okay, so I'm sitting here. What's happening? Right. You know what I mean? Is like Iron Man going to come? Like what's happening? You know yeah. what I mean? And then when it finally hit, I finally knew what I was doing and yeah. I'm going, you know what I mean? And now like, you know, so that's one of the things that I've been preaching since the beginning of this is like our leadership failed us. Like for the first couple of days, Trump was like, whatever, it's not even a thing. And then all of a sudden we're in a state of emergency. We're like, what? I thought it wasn't a thing. You know yeah. what I mean? So I tell people like, you have to be the leader of your community. Like if it's your, if it's just your family, if it's your gym, if it's the local massage therapist, whatever it is, you need to be the leader. You know what I mean? And like, and you need to affect everything locally. So like when you like told me that you were going to just run for mayor. I was like, what in the fuck? I'm so proud of you right now. Like, Oh my God. Like these people that are like, well, you know, there's all this stuff that sucks and you're just like, well, then I'm going to be mayor. And then what, you know what I mean? Then you could like, so what I, and I'm, I'm very involved in our community pages and stuff like that. And so when I see these political arguments, you know, I, I'll, I'll read them and I go, God, man, you know, it's, it's so much anger and angst out there. 
But when I go is, where's your solution? Right. It's like, you can complain all you want to, right? And people are going to jump on that complaining bandwagon with you. And yeah. People find, you know, insight, anger, this and the other. What's your solution? You right. know, what's, what's your idea of how to make this better? You know, right. you don't have an idea. All you have is a complaint. And no, your, your complaint is no good for anyone, you know, right. except your own ego, you know. And so right. it doesn't even help you because your complaint brings your stress levels up. Right. And so complaining without offering a solution is just whining. So you're essentially whining. Right. And so, and that's the other thing too, is that been pissing me off lately is everything's so black and white all the time. It's like Democrat or Republican, the saints, the saints or the, the Patriots, like who gives a shit? Like, you know what I mean? Like there was a comedian that was talking about like, what if the Republicans and the Democrats came together and had idea sex and just what would come out? You know what I mean? Probably a bunch of good ideas instead of probably like, amoeba. <laughs> right, right. And so like, you know, that's I, I, don't, I don't have a political party. You know? Right. And so that's like that's like the question to not have. You know? Right. And that's the big problem that we're having right now. It's like the Democrats are shutting down this bill that could offer these small businesses like some kind of income every month because mm. because Republicans. And I'm like, why? Yeah. Like yeah. So that's, that shows me how out of touch our government is with the people that live in this country. Right, right. And, and you know, because like I said, I, 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 before I will talk about something, I go and read about it, you know? Right. Go to, to source reading. I don't like, like, my least, my least favorite um, tagline is fake news. I, there are people who went to college for political science, got a major or a doctorate or whatever in that degree. They went to school for journalism, who got their degrees in journalism, who've been doing this their entire life, and to all of a sudden say that what they're peddling is fake. It's like, that's, that's disingenuous to me. Because you agree with what somebody's point of view is, doesn't make their point of view any less valid unless they're absolutely lying to you, you know? Right. So what I try to do is I want to go to the source and read what what is in this you know that way i'm not ill-informed you know and if we're going to have a conversation about it and i tell you about something then you can bet that i went and read about this and didn't didn't guesstimate you know and that's what a lot of people like doing right now is i, I saw oh my god yesterday i saw a lady that you know it was around noon and she told me oh i i read the democrats new bill and it you know it's just crap and i'm like it's 1,100 pages, you know? 1,100 pages that got released at eight o'clock this morning. So you're gonna tell me between eight o'clock and you're bitching and complaining at three o'clock that you read 1,100 pages? Yeah, that's pretty amazing. You know? And so, <laughs> so I'm just like, I, I can't even, I I out of that freaking story and now you're gonna tell me something that came from a friend of yours instead of telling me what came from your mind. And so I don't, what I try to not do is I try not to have political discussions with people and pick a team or say anything about any political party. What I say is, okay, this is the issue. Um, the issue is people are off work right now. You and we're people, you know? And so we, we work for ourselves. We're small businesses, you know? So right now, people who work for small businesses or who have small businesses and employees are hurting, you know? Corporations are not hurting, you know? We spend money at corporations. So 
we should not be looking to bail out corporations or keep their stock numbers high. What we should be doing is saying here, this is for the people. This is so that you can survive on your day to day. And so the semantics of all the stuff in between it, I don't care about all that stuff. Show me the bottom line of how you're trying to help people, not companies, corporations, you know? So that's, that's my thing, man. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't care to have these you're right, I'm wrong conversations. It's like, here's a problem. What's the solution? Okay. And if we both have different solutions, how can we compromise to make this something that we can both, you know, deal with and, and agree to, you know? And so we have a problem now and, and this is, this is not just in politics. This is through fitness. This is through the health industry. We have a problem right now where people look at my way, right? And they want to hold on to this idea of this is my thing and they don't want to hear anything that you have to say because you're, you're not, your opinion to them does not matter. Your knowledge to them does not matter because what they know trumps what you know regardless. You know? So uh, it's, it's going to, I'm, I'm so looking forward to this. My wife goes, why do you want to do this? Because it's going to be fun. You know, yeah. talk to people. You know, I get to interact with people. I get to know what people want and how to help people, you know? Yeah. And it's like, what happens? Like sometimes the worst that can happen is if two people have different solutions, you might come up with a better solution than the two solutions that you have. You know what I mean? So like, you know, it's that way, like in pain science too, people like there's only, only pain in the brain. Like you just have to educate your people. And I'm like, really? Mm -hmm. Like, so when that kid falls and scrapes his knee and his mom comes up and kisses and blows on it and makes it feel better. That was all in the brain. Like the kiss and the, the nothing that really, you know what I mean? And then there's people that are like only manual therapy. And I'm like, really only like, that's yeah. your only thing. Like this doesn't make sense. And so this yeah. is like, yeah. this is where we're at where, and man, this, this coronavirus came at such a fascinating time. Like during this political election where people are so divided and so angry already. And now we're putting like this thing, put all of those governmental antics under a microscope. And we're just like, oh, this system is so broken because like, you know who I would have voted for in a heartbeat is Tulsi Gabbard. I would have voted for her in a heartbeat. Yeah, because I've listened to two Joe Rogan podcasts with her and I've listened to six hours of her clearly articulating every idea that she has. Not... 15 second sound bites of whoever, you know what I mean? Like yeah. six hours. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, right now she's like, she's um, in fourth place because she just hasn't dropped out yet. She did? Okay. She dropped out and now she's endorsing Biden, you know? Okay. Yeah. So that's like one of those things where it's like, man, but like the, the political system just pretty much ruined her right out of the get because she, she decided not to go the regular funding route. She wanted crowdfunding and she didn't want to go to all these corporations and all these different lobbyists and all this different stuff. And she just wanted to do it the right way. And then the, 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 you know, industry was like, no, we're not doing that. We're going with these other people that are doing it our old way. And so, and so, so think about this and this is, this is, so I've been on this and like, I use different social media platforms for different things, you know? And so with LinkedIn, right? 
LinkedIn is more of a professional type site, right? Where business professionals go in there to talk about different things. And so I take this thing and I, I go, you know, I do therapy and I do coaching, you know? Therapy is more on the health and health side, you know, the, the medical side. And then the coaching side is on the, the fitness side. Right? Well, I, I tell people this on a professional level. I go, okay, well, if you go to your doctor and you have a sprained ankle, where are they going to send you? They're going to send you to a therapist. What's the therapist going to do for you? They're going to do movement stuff with you, right? They're going to try and get that, that, that injury stronger, right? So the fitness industry and the health industry, it's not separate, you know? Yeah. I go, what the health industry did was they look at most people who go and work out as being muscle heads, right? Yeah. They don't look at the people that are in the industry that are trying to change for, to, to do this, where they say, look, a gym should be in the hospital, you know? Hospitals should have gyms where when you go see your doctor and, you're, and you tell your doctor, hey, my back is hurting, and the doctor goes, well, what do you do for a living? Or how, how much do you move? What do you eat? Things like this. They don't, they don't put that part of humanity or medicine into their medicine. What they do is, here's this drug, you know? And that's the thing that we have to get over with saying the first thing that we're going to do is give people drugs instead of saying, look, what's your level of fitness? You know, because there is absolutely no way that a person who doesn't move regularly is going to be healthy. You know, there's no way it's, it's, it's counterintuitive to health, you know? So when you look at health, health is not just a blood test, you know, it's not just where your liver enzymes are and all these other things. Health is, how do you move? You know, how do you feel? You know, you know, what's going on with your brain? You know, what's going on with your life? All those things get into health. And so people are trying their best to separate them. And, and what the, the coaches and the, the doctors and the people that I love following are people who get it, man, who know how to mirror those two things together and go, look, we have to combine these things and quit trying to make everything so separate, you know, and, and, and make all this stuff work together. Let's bring, you know, I, I, I'm working on a proposal right now that I want to turn into the VA of bringing a gym inside of the VA to get these veterans back to, I mean, you go to, you go to boot camp, right? If you can't pass a PFT, you can't get out of boot camp. You know, if you're overweight, you can't get out of boot camp. You can't even get into boot camp if you're overweight. So for people, I mean, same thing with the police academy. So for people to let themselves get in tip top condition so they can get this job. And then once they have this job, they slip way the hell out of that, that condition. It's like, why, you know, how are you, how do we set the standard that says that you have to be here to get the job, but once you get the job, eh, who cares, right? You know, we have to get back to these standards of keeping people at their, at their optimal, right? So people, you look at the top CEOs in, in the world, most of the CEOs are fit. They work out. They have some kind of fitness program. You know, they have something that they do for their brain. You know, um, and so these are the most successful people in the world. So why can't we take that that CEO mentality of being fit, being healthy, being productive, and give that to the general population? You know, without having to charge them for drugs, without having to to make them feel less than, and without separating everything into categories of 
you only can do these one things. You can only vote for this one thing or run for this one party. You can only vote for this team or you can only do these things that are in these little subcategories that, that don't make us better, you know? They, they only make us see things in a very, very, very small view. So me, dude, I'm trying to, I'm trying to branch all this stuff together so that we can, we can, as an industry, health and fitness, help more people, get more people healthy, you know, because then, you know, the world's going to operate a lot better, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. And that's a daunting task, man. That's a, you know, cause that's a, you know, like one thing I learned the other day, like 20% of Coca-Cola's income is from welfare, you know, and it's like, God, that you talk about perpetuating the problem. So that's like, so that's, so what we just bailed out, like what, what our government just bailed out with the $1.5 trillion, whatever it is, that is the problem. Yeah. So it's like, there's, you know, we look at like, well, global warming is a problem and we need to use electric cars. Mm, I'm a billionaire. Okay. So there's this, this uh, pill epidemic where people are like dying from prescription drugs. Yeah, but you don't understand. I make billions of dollars and you're like, okay. So the money is the problem. You know what I mean? So like if I could, if, if, if money wasn't an issue, I would totally train this person for eggs and that person for beef and that person, you know what I mean? I would totally do that. But like, that's not how it works. And like, that's what I'm saying is before this. We had, before we had currency, we bartered, right? Right. And so this virus is showing us how broken our system is. And, and, it's, and I'm really interested to see if we fix it or if we continue with the same old thing. You know what I mean? Because it's, this is like, so this is, uh, this is um, our planet's way of, offering a violent upheaval and having us see how we deal with it. You know what I mean? And so, so far I feel like we're doing okay, but we could be doing better. We have to be willing to accept help. Yeah. And so, and and that goes along with the lines of, of things I was saying about, you know, these coaches I see that adapt stuff into what they're doing, but don't ask for help to help them get better at doing those things. Um, there are other countries that started dealing with, like China started dealing with this before we did, you know? Yeah. I watched a uh, video on YouTube of these cranes and stuff in China build three or four hospital buildings within 10 days, right? Yeah. In 10 days, they had these fully functioning hospitals to put their people in, and they brought their numbers down really quickly, you know? And so instead of us going to them and going, how'd you do that, you know? We're like, oh, we're tough. We can do this on our own, you know? Right. And so the reason why we can't build hospitals in 10 days is because we, well, if we drag this out for six months, then we get paid for six months. You know what I mean? And so that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's how people think like, you know, like, um, you know, that's why, you know, I always praise like, you know, like, uh, like Mexican roofers, right? Because they're, they're here to put your fucking roof on your house and then they're going to go do another one and then another one. They're not going to drag it out. Like, you know, these, these fat construction workers that just sit around and kind of make your whole thing last for a month or two, you know, they're like, 
No, I have families to feed. I'm hammering this shit. You know what I mean? Because you actually make more money the more you do. And you exactly. save more lives the more hospitals you build. Like this is this is we need to shake our we need to shake our head like this ideas of our head like out of our head as like a nation. Like none of this shit matters. Like if you know, like Joe Rogan says all the time, like if an alien race came down and landed on the planet and we're like, why is Kim Kardashian rich? We'll be like, I have no idea. Like, why is she a prominent figure in today's society? We'd be like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, well, but, but well, here's what I'll say to that. She is using her status. Yeah. Fortune to help. Right. You know? Jay-Z, dude. Jay-Z used to be a drug dealer, you know? We in poor societies look at drug dealers as being the worst scum of the earth. But now we have one of the richest people in this country who used to be considered the scum of the earth and everyone looks up to him, you know? He's hoping in a way that, you know, that people should help, you know? It's the people who accumulate their wealth and don't want to give, you know, yeah. that don't help. That only want to see their accounts being bigger, you know, and separate themselves further and further away from society. You know, I'm, I'm an admirer of Bill Gates, you know. Yeah. Um, Bill Gates don't know me for shit, but I'm an admirer of that guy because he takes his wealth and says, you know what? $30 billion, I'm going to give some of those billions to other people to fund things that help people instead of trying to build another business so I can make more money, you know. Right. At a certain point, it's like, how much money do you actually need, you know? And uh, and and how can you help? So, you know, I, Kim Kardashian, you know, I don't I don't do the the uh, reality show things. What right. I look at is what's the impact that you've had since you got that? Right. So if you had no impact and you are you are a a stain on society, you know, I, I can't, you know. Go, go somewhere, go do something, you know? Right. And so, you know, we've been talking about this booming economy for like the last four years, but if it's so booming, then why is everybody in debt? And why can't, why does nobody have a savings? You know what I mean? And so like there's uh, in Flagstaff, Arizona, a one bedroom, one bathroom apartment goes for 1400 a month. Okay. And it's like, so what are we doing? You know what I mean? So like, and so when the government first was like, Hey, we're going to give you guys a thousand dollars a month. I'm like, for what that's actually not a lot of money you know what yeah. i mean like yeah. it's not like and and most of us are like working month to month man like these small businesses are small because we're working month to month and we're making it you know what i mean so now like this this just even two weeks off like there was a lot of businesses a lot of business owners that i was talking to that were like man if i close now i'm not opening again and that's wow. like and that's like the that's like a common narrative around here, you know what I mean? Because like that's also that's also a quitter's mentality. It is, but I mean, like I'm gonna like so worst case scenario, like I have a backyard that I can coach people in. I have an extra yeah. office that I can, you know. Exactly. So like, exactly. like so worst case scenario, I'm starting over, and that's fine. And yeah, yeah. So, but, but to think that for any, think that things are grim and never going to get better for them. I, 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 I can't wrap my mind around that mindset. I can't, I can't, 
I don't live in that world. You know, I don't, yeah. I don't, I don't even, I try, and this, this might sound a little bit um, crass, but I try not to even hang around people who think that way. Yeah. You know? I think that, you know, I look at it, if a person, if a, if a person thinks that they can't get better, they're not going to get better. You know, if you, if you are always thinking that things are the worst they possibly can be, then that's the world you're going to create around yourself. I don't want to, I don't want to create a world for myself where I think that things can't get better because what I look at is, you know, I was born in the South, you know, I was born in Atlanta. I wasn't born in a rich family. You know, um, I'm not a rich person right now. I'm rich in, in culture. I'm rich in, in the experiences that I've had. Um, so for me to think that, that never and can't, I, I can't, I don't even let that kind of, those thoughts creep into my mind because what I realize is that when I can't, I'm dead, I'm done, you know? So if I'm in a position where I'm going to have to restructure my business, you know, then so be it. I'm going to do the work that it takes for me to get where I want to be because no one, one is holding you back from where you want to be except for your own mind you know right. yeah you got to take those chances you got to be willing to go out there and do the work because if you're not doing the work you're gonna fail you know yeah. that's, that's just the bottom line so so all these people out here that, that that have this doom and gloom attitude about this virus thing and i i got a i got a um i got a message from a really good friend that was in the military with me and right now she is quarantined around she's got coronavirus she's sick right now and so she didn't post it on social media. We hung out really, really tight. And I told her today, I go, look, I go, if you die, I'm going to kick your ass. Yeah. <laughs> and, and what I mean by that, don't give up the fight, man. Don't just sit there and lay your ass in bed, you know, get up. Do whatever you can, man, to, to make your situation better. Because if you're not trying to make your situation better, it's going to get worse. Right. And so it's like, you know, like I said earlier, what's the worst case scenario? Like when they shut, when they were talking about shutting down our business, I was like, what's the worst case scenario? I coach a lot of my clients online. I coach some of them in the backyard and I have an extra office that I can do massages out of. Exactly. Okay. So then, and then like, okay, what now? And so that's what I'm doing every day. You know, so like there was this, uh, there was this meme going around uh, with John Luke Picard, and it just said damage report at the bottom, and then at the top it said me every day, and I'm like, that's exactly what's happening. Every day you're just like, what do we got? What now? You know what I mean? And so like, you know, I keep comparing it to jujitsu. Like, if you focus on the armbar, you're going to get choked. If you focus on the choke, you're going to get armbarred, and that's just the way that it goes. So like, you just have to keep you have to keep focusing on what you can do next because it's going to change. It's going to change daily for probably the next month or so before we have a good grasp as a nation on what our plan is. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right on, man. Thank you for coming on the podcast. This was awesome. You got me all fired up, bro. Uh, it's always good to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, man. So, uh, when you, so my next question is when are you going to release your, uh, your coach Q for mayor shirts? Because I'll rock you know, one of those in a heartbeat, man. So I, so I came up with the um, – actually, I'm working – my website is going to be Cue the People, you yeah. know. And, and, and basically, the, the, the tagline is, is get 
people involved, you know? And so in our community, I go, you can't possibly sit here and whine and complain about things that you're not willing to do. So right. for the people to get involved in our community, into the different things all that you want to see. And so that's my ready right now. I didn't, um, I, I, I announced that I was going to run at my 50th birthday party, but I haven't launched anything yet because my wife says, it's a good thing you had your birthday party the weekend that you did because if I had the week, the following week, everything was shut down. I would have to, I'm going to put this stuff up as soon as this, um, as soon as the coronavirus thing dies out, you know, and we get back to some sense of normalcy. I'm going to launch all my stuff in and then dude, sky's the limit. You know? I'm telling you, man, send me a shirt, bro. I'll rock that shit all day. That's so, <laughs> that's so rad. All right. Um, yeah, let's end it there because I can yell at you about stuff for the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on, brother. This hey, was really fun. Thank you on, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. And we'll talk soon. We'll, also, we'll uh, get you on as many times as we need to during your campaign. We'll, I appreciate it. Yeah, dude, we'll get you, we'll get you going. All right, brother. Okay. Thank you again. All right, thanks, man. Absolutely.